Welcome to the Accra Community Church Podcast. As you listen to God's word today, may it become for you fresh water for your thirsty soul, give you hope to cope, and wisdom to thrive, excel, and become everything God says you are. God bless you as you listen to today's sermon. Amen. So this is October. Today is the ninth, actually. It's our second service. And last week I should have announced that the month of October is our gratitude month. I didn't. Forgive me. Uh, this is the month where we encourage all of us to be intentional about gratitude. Amen. So in Luke chapter 17, if you have your Bibles, there's a story. I, when I look at the structure of the book of Luke, I find this story quite obscure, quite uh, almost out of place. You know when you're having a conversation with somebody and you're talking about football and then all of a sudden they branch off and go and talk about politics or something and then get back to football and like, where, where did that come from? <laughs> you know, I look at where the story sits and it's almost as if, where did this story also come in? But it's a very important story and I thank God that it is there because when it comes to the topic of gratitude, there is so much this, this, this teaches us, this story teaches us, amen. And today we're going to kind of stay here, amen. We won't be going too far. Ten healed of leprosy. I'm reading from the New Living Translation of the Holy Bible, Luke chapter 17 from verse 11. It says, as Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, ten lepers stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, Praise God! He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Verse 17. Jesus asked, Didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, Stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. Amen. This is a powerful story on gratitude. Powerful story. First, the Bible is very intentional in telling us where Jesus found these men. Back in the day, if you had leprosy, you were not allowed to live among people. You couldn't live among people. You, you could have the most beautiful family, have the best job, have the highest position. The moment you got leprosy, you got kicked out. So the day they find out you have leprosy is the last day you got to hug your wife or husband or your children. It is the last day you got to walk on your own land, supervise your own field. You became an outcast. On the day you were discovered to have leprosy was basically the day you die. 
because you become because you become ostracized from society. And it doesn't matter what your status in life was, you instantly become nobody. And it is a an extremely painful and slow way to die. Because there was technically no cure back then. They didn't have the antibiotics we have today. They didn't have the advancement in medicine we had today. But even more importantly, it was God's instruction that anybody who had leprosy had to be separated from the rest of society. So we see them, and, and the Bible is very intentional. It says these men were not in a particular city. <laughs> they were just on the outskirts. They were in the spaces where cities intersect. Because they couldn't actually go in. And here, they mix up. That, that's one of the things with life. You know, in, in, at our lowest moment, we realize that all this noise about race and gender and uh, class are irrelevant. When you are starving, food is food. You take food from anybody who gives you food. <laughs> when you are lonely, like truly, truly lonely, companionship is companionship. You don't care who is your friend. You just want a friend. When you are dying and there is somebody around to save you, you don't ask them their gender, their age, their class, what's their family's last name. You just want to be saved. You just scream, help, help. There's a famous video on social media of a Nigerian police officer who jumped into somebody's car trying to arrest him. Only that the guy was crazy. The guy was driving in a direction that got her panicking. So you see this police officer screaming, at me, at me, at me, somebody at me. Did they carry me? They go where? I don't know. <laughs> at that moment, she would take help from anybody. So here, Samaritans and Jews have mixed. We don't know how many other tribes, how many other races, how many other nationalities. But these people who would normally look down on each other had become one people. They were partners in suffering. And then Jesus came by. Hallelujah. We thank God for this God who always comes by. Amen. Hallelujah. He always comes through. Always shows up. So, in this place of despondency and pain and loneliness, Jesus shows up and they call to him for help. And he tells them, I give you permission to enter the city. Not just to enter the city, but to go to the temple. Not just to go to the temple, but to request to see the priest. The very person who ostracized you, I give you permission to go see him. And by the time you see him, he will declare you not guilty. <laughs> he will declare you clean. Hallelujah. Because the priest, it was the priest's job to inspect if somebody had some spots on their skin and determine if it was leprosy. And then it was the priest's job to tell you you are no longer qualified, not just to come to this temple, not just to live in your city, in your family, but to be cast out. So Jesus said, go and show yourselves to the priests. Amen. 
to show themselves to the priest, they have to enter the city. <laughs> and then they have to go to the very synagogue or temple or wherever their priest will be. And they took the bold step of faith. Amen. So these men do enter the city. And on their way, one of them, in fact, all of them get healed. But only one, on seeing that he's healed, turns around to come and say thank you. Amen. And Jesus makes it a point to point out this Jesus who doesn't discriminate among people makes it a point to point out that this man is a Samaritan. He's a foreigner. One of the biggest impediments or biggest enemies to gratitude is entitlement. You know, when a child is born, <laughs> they're entitled to being fed by their parents and then being clothed and then being taken to school and, and they don't notice the parents' sacrifice. Because they wake up and there's food and they, they are wasteful and tell them, you know, be careful, don't, don't be wasteful. But they never really hear, do they? I remember years ago I was driving a car and then there was this portal. I used to drive like somebody was chasing me. And then I fell into this massive pothole. <laughs> and the car screamed in protest. You know when the car screams in protest? And then I remembered, ooh, this is not my father's car. This is my own car. <laughs> if it breaks down, I have to pay to fix it myself. And I immediately slowed down. Immediately I slowed down. Because it wasn't my father's car. <laughs> when I drove my father's car, sometimes you'll be there, then you hear, something is broken, and I'm driving slowly into the house, and I'll be quiet for a few days, <laughs> out of sight, and it will get fixed. And then, maybe in a week or two, you show up again and very politely ask if you can quickly use the car to get something done. <laughs> I was entitled. Entitled. And this morning I want to challenge us. You know, that when it comes to gratitude, you have to be intentional. You know, what your spouses do for you, what you do for each other, what you do for your children, what your parents do for you at work. Yes, it's you're entitled to your salary, but because you work for it. But it helps to still be grateful that you have a job. In fact, some of us complain all day at work how we are stressed and overburdened. And we forget that that job was once our prayer topic. We fasted and prayed. We asked the church to join us in prayer, believing God for the job. <laughs> we fasted and prayed. If you're an African Christian, you declared into the heavenlies. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> you know, 
you bound demons and witches and every everything, every machination of hell against my destiny. And you are sweating. Today you sit there and read your Bible and ignore customers <laughs> at the very job you prayed for. Jesus says it's not good enough when we do that. Amen. So don't be so familiar that you take the gifts for granted. I remember sitting with some friends and joking. Somehow, I don't know why it came up. I always make very dark jokes. I have a terrible sense of humor. Quite dark for a pastor. <laughs> and I made a joke about how I think at the time we had been married about 15 years. Like, I can't believe. My wife said something. My wife is very cheeky, just like myself. And she said something, and I told my friends, you know, African woman, 15 years. I've never beaten her, so she, she doesn't respect. Joke. Dark humor. You see how dark my humor is? But a couple of days later, the woman reached out to my wife. And she said, I can't believe there is a marriage where the woman has never been beaten. That shocked me. Like, how can you live a life where you believe that every woman gets beaten in her home? But that's somebody's reality. You know? So even the things that are normal, we have to be grateful for. You know? If all your children are doing is flunking you know, exams, they're not doing well, that is not the biggest problem on earth. Have you ever had to raise a child with special needs? A child with some severe form of autism or ADHD or dyslexia or dysgraphia or whatever and they can't sleep at the slightest sign of light. Do you know how expensive it is? How life transforming it is? How stifling it can feel to have to put every single dream on hold because of one child. And people live with this every day. When it comes to gratitude, you have to really be intentional, especially for the normal. Amen. The normal, the everyday, you get up and you go and you don't have to. There are cities, there are countries I've been in where a police officer sees me and they put their hand on their gun. Not because I looked any different or walked any particular way, but because they are not used to people my color walking too comfortably in their city. And then you come to Ghana and then you meet a police officer and when you put your hand in your pocket, they are smiling. <laughs> because it might be lunch. You know, like they are not threatened by you. You know, you don't need to give your sons or daughters very specific instructions on how to behave when the police stop them. In Ghana, just say, well, i You know, but these are things that we take for granted. You know? Some come to Ghana and for the first time in their life, they experience Dumso. Everybody here knows Dumso now. When the lights go off. You know? 
Because you grab, some of you grab in cities where that has never happened. Like, the light actually can go off. Recently, I was talking to Eno, and then her lights came on. And she started shouting, Hey, praise God, our light is back! Hallelujah, our light is back! I'm like, you have to praise God because you have electricity. You need a new country. <laughs> but we have to be grateful for everything. Amen. The other thing this story teaches us is that gratitude must be prioritized. Like, if you, if you want to say thank you, say it immediately. I don't think the nine men were un necessarily ungrateful. If they were like me, probably they procrastinated. Because sometimes you want to say thank you, but you, you're looking for a more opportune time. You're looking for when you can sit down and write a better email. So you can choose your words more carefully to be... And then you get busy, and then life happens, and then you get busy, and then you get busy, and then you never send that very well thought out email. Or you think, oh, for this, an email won't be enough, I have to meet them in person. You know, so I have to make time, and then I'm going to make time, and I'm going to make time, and then you never really make the time. It doesn't mean you're not grateful. It simply means you need to work on how you express your gratitude. And for this, I am super guilty. Because I would always say, oh, let me take a moment when I'm not rushing. I don't want to send something rushed. And then, after a while, I noticed I never properly said thank you. you know? So Jesus teaches us that prioritize gratitude. It's better to say a shabby one <laughs> than to forget to say it. Amen. These are important, you know. And vocalize it. Our Lord and Savior Jesus loved it when people said thank you. And I'm sure we're all like that. We all like it when somebody says thank you. Amen. You know, for these men, the reason why it was important to be intentional about prioritizing this, I don't know for how long some of them have been lepers. You're going and then you get healed. You want the priest to quickly declare you healed so you can go back and see the wife you haven't seen in a while. Embrace the children who have grown and you know you haven't seen in a while. There is so much to do after years of being ostracized that you can postpone. It's so easy to postpone our thank you. So easy. So easy. And Jesus in this story says prioritize your thank you. Amen. The final point is to remember where you were before Jesus intervened. Amen. It, it, one of the core things with gratitude is remembrance. After a while, you forget how it felt like you know, before that job, you know, before the experience, be before anything, we, we tend to forget. We, it, it's common human nature. When Jesus met these men, they were stateless. They may have been born Jew or Samaritan or whatever, but they're somewhere in there, 
stateless. You know. Some of us found Accra Community Church at a time in our lives when we couldn't fit into any church. It's not, and that's not because Jesus is not in other churches. But either they took forever, or it was just too loud, or too disorganized. The preacher will say, oh, in five minutes, and then uh, uh, you know, closing remarks, and then 30 minutes later, closing remarks, and closing remarks, and closing remarks. Like, I love Jesus, but <laughs> I have other things to do with this life. Oh, it was just too noisy. For me, sometimes it was just too noisy. Or some of us were duped in church. After a lot of praise the Lord, hallelujah, and all that, (laughs) you got swindled, you know, or or got harassed. Very funny experiences that some of us even almost lost our faith. Amen. And then God brings you into a, a family where it's just Jesus. And making sure that there is mutual respect and love for everybody. Not complicated at all. And if you are not careful, you can take that for granted. Amen. You can take it for granted that you know, it just happens. But service doesn't just happen. Somebody got here at 6 a.m. <laughs> you know, for, for church to happen, somebody was here by 6 a.m. You know, and after we're gone, Somebody will be here to make sure that everything is properly. And it helps to remember. Amen. To be intentional in our thanksgiving. Is there anybody you need to thank for anything? Please note it. Write it in your phone, on a piece of paper. Not just the big things, the little things. You know, and after church, prioritize reaching out to them and saying thank you. Let's make it a culture, a habit. Amen. One of the most powerful blessings in thanksgiving, remember Jesus looked at the man, he said, stand up and go. Amen. It's amazing what it does to your emotional and mental well-being, having an attitude of gratitude. Two people go through the same experience, and it totally destroys one and it strengthens the other. What's the difference? One gets to stand up and go and another never recovers. They were both in the same situation. The difference is attitude. Attitude is a word I like because in the world of fine art, attitude is the position from which you, you see what you are drawing, the subject. So that's what we call it. So if I put a model on this chair, or as I'm standing here, if I ask all of you to draw me, how Sister Janet sees me and draws me will be very different from how Auntie Fia sees me and draws me. Because you're in different positions. Different perspectives. Somebody's sitting up, they'll make me look even shorter than I am. And if somebody's lying on the ground, they'll make me look much taller than I am. Attitude. How do you see? What are you missing out on? What are you taking for granted that you actually should be grateful for? There is so much to be grateful for. Even our bad experiences. Some of us are here because of our bad experiences. We are grateful for certain people because of other people we encountered. 
We are grateful for certain jobs because of certain jobs we had before. So even for the bad ones, why did this man come so profusely thanking Jesus? Because he knows what it means to be a leper. Somebody said, if I hadn't had any problems, how would I have known God could solve them? Let's pray. Father, this morning we thank you for your faithfulness and your goodness. Teach us to be people who properly express gratitude, not just in word, not just in thought, but also in deed. Help us focus on what matters. Help us outgrow murmuring and whining and complaining when we should be thanking. We thank you, Father, for this. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's sermon. If it blessed you, share it with a friend. For more information on how to fellowship with Accra Community Church, visit our website, www.accrachurch.org. God bless you.